So, okay, if I... Okay, if something's got to give is her best movie objectively, I think The Holiday is probably, like, my favorite. Like, it's such a close second to Something's Gotta Give. And, like, um, obviously it's not as thematically rich or satisfying, but it just has... It's, like, it's like the most um, viscerally pleasurable film that she's made, in my opinion. And, like, I think it's because you you combine, like, that gorgeous cast and including Eli Wallach and Rufus Sewell, who are beautiful. Um, and, you know, the whole, like, Christmas thing. I mean, like, Christmas movies in general for me, like, there's just an ad- extra added layer of, like, brightness to them because, like, I love holiday movies, especially holiday romance movies. So, like, to me, like, the Christmas veneer, like, does a lot for me just like on its own. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of a podcast directed by So Mike, we are continuing with your, this is your happy place this month. We are in December, uh, we are in the holidays, and we are in, you know, our Nancy Myers month, and we are checking out the holidays. So, um, after our first three movies, we're actually already halfway through the month, so... Unfortunately. Your, I know, it's, you know, it's too bad she's she hasn't, you know, put out a movie, you know, once every couple of years, but she, you know, she takes her time. She builds her houses and she, you know, she really, she really gets to it. So what are your thoughts kind of as we're halfway through uh, this month on Nancy Myers as a director? Well, not seeing the parent trap because I did not feel that it was, uh, you know, age appropriate for me, I guess. <laughs> so that was a pleasant surprise. I, I thought that was the one that I'd uh, struggle through. Uh, then strangely, you know, of course, we get into Mel Gibson territory with What Women Want, and uh, I, I had the very, I'm sure, popular opinion that will be shared on film Twitter, where I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you can Mel's fine. This is perfect casting. Put Mel Gibson in this role. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a jerk." Uh, but people forget he was a very charming uh, jerk for a long stretch of his uh, career. Um, and then I think <laughs> you kind of surprised me with. Uh, Something's got to give coming out saying this is the greatest rom-com of all time, which um, <laughs> I, I believe don't know. I believe my words were my favorite rom-com. <laughs> See, there we go again with your uh-huh. nonsense. See, favorite, I always have a loophole. Masterpiece. Mike. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that is a segment of the show that I will break at some point. I will make sure that it is dead and gone because uh, it, it makes very little sense. Um I mean, I I had seen everything but The Parent Trap, and so you say your happy place. Uh, I do want to correct you. I don't know if December necessarily is my happy place. It just so happens that it's our month of Nancy Myers. I'm <laughs> I'm not one of those people that's like obsessed with Christmas. Uh, I think you're one of those people that's obsessed with Halloween. So yeah, I think that's we're fair. recording this. Peek behind the curtain. We're recording this on Labor Day, so we're way in advance. We're far removed from Christmas, but I'm sure you've already got your skeletons up and putting on your witch's cap or whatever it is you do for Halloween. I believe, actually, if you look in the background, there is a skeleton right there. Oh, my God. You can what see a it. dork. <laughs> uh, I'm actually not one of those people. Like I, I, I guess I'm old-fashioned where I, uh, I like you know spring to summer, warmer weather. 
and I like Christmas like uh, for you know the dinners. That's okay. about it. Nancy but, Myers though spoken like someone who lives in a place with actual seasons. Where if you're in California, you're like, eh, warm weather. I mean, that's you know, it's nice, but it's all the time. It's not like something. Yeah, to you're, look you're looking at to. it more like the the temperature doesn't change, but now I can bring out all my Halloween crap like you yes. already have out. Um, but Nancy Myers uh, strangely fits, even though she only has, I believe, this episode is the only thing that's uh, centered around a particular holiday. But don't the, they the all Christmas feel season. like you know they're? That's what, yeah, yeah. Watching them though, it does feel like. I'm not trying to belittle the woman's work because I think she's the greatest filmmaker of our time, as I've said many, many times on the show. Uh, but yeah, you could easily see all of this like catalog on like you know a Hallmark marathon type yeah. thing. They're where it's all like, it's, they're all very cozy. Yes, yeah. yeah, they're they're comfort food movies with uh, just the right amount of neurosis and stress. I mm-hmm. think added just a, a touch of it, which you seem to be really turned on by with Diane Keaton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head with what I've been enjoying about this month's movies so much. Uh, that kind of surprised me because I did, you know, I did kind of walk into this month with kind of an attitude like, oh, Jesus, Mike and his Nancy Myers nonsense. Here we go. But it is like that may be your <laughs> most film Twitter take ever to say you walked into a Nancy Myers month with attitude. Like what? <laughs> True. But I think. Uh, we ended up scheduling this perfectly after, you know, two months of Scorsese, very serious filmmaker, you know, these, especially the, the later part of his career where all of his movies are nine hours long and, you know, a treatise on faith. And you're like, okay, okay. You know, so it's nice to kind of come into this one. It's like, oh, this is nice and cozy. And all of these movies do feel like that. It feels like something you can just kind of, you know, you know, you curl up on your couch and you watch this, whether you're with your partner or you're alone. And it's like, you know what? This feels nice. I like this. And I think there's there's probably room for for more of that in Hollywood. I think there's uh, there's there's a focus either on franchise filmmaking or it's kind of like this has to be very serious uh, film as an art form. And it's just like, you know, sometimes there's room for just a just a nice, enjoyable movie. And I will say that. Nancy Myers, I think, is seen as someone's like, well, it's these nice movies and they all have happy endings. But I don't think that's necessarily true. And I think we'll get to that in some of the movies on kind of the back end of of her career so far. It's that she doesn't always go just for the simple rom-com ending. Her her movies and her characters do actually have a little more complexity to them than I think people give her credit for. Well, I'm sure there would be the the usual complaints be on Twitter that <laughs> these are movies like aimed purely at uh, white women, which is uh, now it's time to. <laughs> I tell you what, as a as a white guy, uh, a straight white man, um, who has had pretty much a century of entertainment uh, aimed at me and <laughs> representing. I don't want to say exactly me because I've said before on this podcast. Yeah. I don't remember how many no epics they are. I don't, yeah, I don't know how many of them are about a guy from small town Kentucky. Um, but not yet, uh, Mike. This is your calling. <laughs> well, I, I don't have the energy, you know, to, <laughs> to take up that battle Fair in enough. this current climate. Um, <laughs> but it, it is amusing to me that like we started this month uh, with you sort of, I guess, interrogating me as far as like why, why Nancy Myers, and you know, I answered with this. You know, premise, and I'm still, I hope at this point as the episodes are releasing, people have corrected us, me, 
you on Twitter, since you answer all of them on Directed Bipod, uh, that these are about stories about women who have succeeded. And then they're like looking for just like sort of that one more thing. Like it's there's not the struggle professionally. So to kind of sweep that under the, the rug where it's like, oh, it's only appeals to, to white women and they're jerks, too. <laughs> like It's like <laughs> I feel like uh, you're doing a disservice to an audience that also has not been historically well served uh, with, with films with them and uh, their particular hang ups. And so. That's just my, I guess, before we get in too much into the weeds there as far as what Nancy Myers represents. I do think, like you said before, that, that was probably off the mic, like trying to keep these in order. It's kind of hard, uh, but I think that you do get probably a genuine representation about where her head was at at that particular point in her life. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I like that. That's what I want from an artist is like, just give me your particular perspective. So Scorsese. Man, you get some hangups with God, God and like, you know, masculinity. All right, let's switch gears and let's see Nancy Myers. She's got hangups with uh, being old. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we jump into the holiday, I wanted to take one moment to thank uh, our one patron so far. We actually do have someone who donated <laughs> to our Patreon, Jacob Holler. You don't have to sell it uh, like that. So... Like, we actually have one. Hey, oh, my goodness. so join join the crowd. Get in on the ground floor, just like our new patron, Jacob Holler. So we want to say thank you. And and this is someone we've actually uh, talked to on a number of occasions. I think you actually have had a working relationship with him. You've had him on your podcast. You've Have you been on his podcast? I don't or think so. Or has it just so. been a one-way he does like a music and then a YA yeah, podcast. Yeah. I would have uh, nothing to offer as far as uh, he has. A, he has a really cool show called Tell Me About Your Song. So since I've right. never created uh, any musical work, unless you count, you know, my various podcasts. No, yeah. uh, just set it he, to some piano. You'll be good. It's fine. He I, I'm on the record on another show saying that I, I did uh, an episode of War Machine versus War Horse with him on uh you know appropriately because of his other podcasts it was the documentary on the uh, dixie chicks uh oh. during the, the sort of the iraq war the invasion uh that blowback called shut up and sing and walk the line and it's probably the closest i ever got on war machine versus war horse to getting the sound of what i wanted the premise of that show to come mm -hmm. across like uh which i think caught him off guard because he was like oh geez because man you've done 300 episodes and you're like yep yeah, <laughs> finally <one> got it <laughs> yeah <laughs> So Jacob is part of that success and yeah. and now has, you know, just gone down in the depths with us to be a part of a podcast directed by. But we do really I choose appreciate it. to believe that it was the announcement of Nancy Myers month coming that got him to, to Could pay. Be. Yeah. I, I believe it. that's early. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So now we move to the holiday, uh, which is a rom com starring Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, and Jack Black. Uh, so this is a movie I think we've talked about before was it on a romantic comedy podcast it must have been right we did the grand gesture with uh, natasha collier of the rad ass bitches and i thought of her once again because i'm a nice person unlike oh. you uh, i remember people who helped me create these things and i believe i snapchat her i don't snapchat at all but i know she does and i didn't really want to uh I don't know, break the embargo with you as far as like, hey, this is what I'm watching. Let me let post all my nonsense. So privately, I uh, <laughs> sort of reopened that dialogue because she had a very particular point that I think you shared about the character of Iris played by Kate Winslet. So uh, I basically I don't, I don't want to say I trolled. I just was like, hey, remember that? And then she she gave me more more of her uh, gumption, I believe, was the, the response I got back from <laughs> Natasha. 
yeah. So uh, this is, a, I think, in a lot of ways, this is probably, uh, in terms of Nancy Myers movies, the the movie that you know online gets the most reaction. There are some ardent supporters of this movie. People love this movie. Well. Okay, so the Christmas aspect, I think, helps because it keeps it in the conversation on an annual basis. Because if you sure. uh, you probably have on initial run uh, less play theatrically, like I know we've you and I both have sort of grumbled about like all the Christmas movies coming like first week in November, like especially you as like a huge Halloween supporter. November 1st, Hollywood just unloads anything, any Christmas material they have with the expectation that it's like we have two months to make money. However, the legacy of these films, even the ones who probably don't deserve it that much you know you're gonna get played the last couple months for eternity if you're considered a christmas movie or even if you're not a christmas movie like uh batman returns and die hard you know they, they peek their head out you know at the end of the year uh, on an annual basis too yeah and you know it's, it's amazing for me to kind of look at you know the budgets of these movies i always expect them to be relatively small budgets but i forget because it's a woman directing, right, Dave? That's, that's well, why. because no, <laughs> <laughs> because it's a rom com. Because it's generally small scale, just a couple locations. But I forget when Nancy Byers films when she builds her locations. My God, she builds her locations. So um, yeah, the eighty five um, million dollars for uh, for the budget here for uh, for yeah. rom com. Which I, and and you bring up women filmmakers, which is actually very snarky and shitty of you, but a good point is that Hollywood doesn't <laughs> tend to support women filmmakers like this and uh, give them these correction. budgets. Correction, sir. It was snarky and shitty of you. Like, I, <laughs> I'm the one defending this. Let them no, have No, you put it on me, like, <laughs> as if I made that assumption because I'm a jerk. No, no. <laughs> this is a systemic problem, not a day just problem. Go okay, I just want to put that out there. Episode one of this month's uh, series where the first question Dave has to me is why Nancy Myers? Just, you know, infer what you want from from that. <laughs> um, yeah. OK, so the set I did read uh, and even you, you see that budget and you think like, well, that's a little high for a rom-com. Of course, I, I would argue that especially with the holiday, all the money's on the screen. It's a it great is. looking movie. Yes. Um, I you know, one problem I have with the the can we can we say like that rom-coms i guess just like adult dramas in any certain way um because there's a certain male melodrama obviously with a rom-com with the breakup and grand romantic gestures uh is that they've been marginalized to like oh this has to be like a hyper specific audience and they're like there was one that i watched and I enjoyed for the most part. Uh, it came out on Netflix earlier this year. Uh, Always be my maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- actually, the stuff I disliked about it was when it really leaned in to the romantic comedy tropes because the characters themselves were seemed so against that. Um, right. But that one, you know, straight to Netflix, and it's like you could tell they had like okay, nine dollars to make it. <laughs> this only has X amount of eyeballs. We expect to get on this. Mm-hmm. And if we hit that mark, that's okay. And so let's up the quirk factor a little bit because it's going to be hyper-specific. And I don't think the Nancy Myers movies play that way at all. Like I introduced the – they sort of like, you know, are focused on like an older white woman's perspective. But they're usually pretty broad general, you know, looks at like a breakup or where someone's at in their life or just wanting to get away from it all. Like in this. So you have two different women from different walks of life that are both experiencing the same thing. And so they decide to help each other out. So yeah, give me $85 million. Let's do globetrotting version of those quirks. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, every time I watch this, I start thinking, like, you know, with this setup, which is essentially, you know, they both want to get away from their lives uh, for different reasons. The Cameron Diaz character is, you know, just realized she's been cheated on uh, by her man. And Kate Winslet has, let's say, a complex <laughs> relationship uh, well, with, with her boss. So I don't know if Cameron Diaz has just realized it or, or she just he just she, admitted it that she wanted it on the record. Like yep. the suspicions have been held and she just wanted it out there. Ethan, look, it's over. You know, we might as well be honest with each other. Just tell me. Did you sleep with her? Just say it. What's the difference at this point? Right. I mean, why torture me? Just just put me out of my misery. What are we doing here? Okay. Yes, okay, I slept with her. Are you happy? I've been sleeping with her. She's in love with me. She's young. Look, this is not a proud moment for me. I mean, you should just know that. Amanda! am I happy? I didn't mean that. You know, you, you get me nuts sometimes. I say things I don't mean. In the world of love, Ethan, not that I'm such a genius at it, but in the world of love, cheating is simply not acceptable. No matter what you think, I know you have a very high opinion of yourself. This isn't all me. <laughs> okay. So when you're not in such a rage, I think you'll see that too. Yeah, maybe. Maybe when I stop having visions of you two together, I will see your side. You gotta be. The idea of I already know. Just tell me, which is like yeah. the oldest, the oldest trap in the book. That is. I do the... like that the gardener in that sequence is just like, don't do it. Like, <laughs> it's just like I'm not involved, but just... you're, you're you're being cornered here. You're, yeah. yeah, don't don't admit to anything. Uh, and then you know they get on this non-existent uh, company and switch houses. That's their. What thing. do you mean non? Wasn't ex it existed at the time, right? I was checked. It... Are you talking about um, Airbnb, essentially? Uh, Airbnb, before they realized that there was more money they could make off Airbnb, and also further destroy the housing market. I looked it up. <laughs> Airbnb did not exist until two years after this movie. So, but this, but this home exchange type thing did it not. Must, it must have. I never. I mean, I never heard of it. Uh, but you should have jumped on that because you're actually in a desirable market for that. <laughs> not that you know, not that many people wanting to exchange with a guy in Kentucky. Unless, only you know, me. They're... I'm the only one who wants to leave the Bay Area and go to Kentucky. That's yeah. So luckily, they both have you know in different ways like very, <laughs> very incredible housing situations. Cameron Diaz is in basically a Hollywood mansion. Um, and yes. Kate Winslet is in the coziest cottage in England. Like it is <laughs> absolutely perfect in every way for, for what each person wants. Uh, so they end up, they end up trading places. And then of course you have the romantic comedy setup, right? You have Kate Winslet's bro brother played by, um, Jude Law, who ends up falling in love with Cameron Diaz. Um, and then you have Kate Winslet falling in love with, uh, Jack Black, who happens to, um, I think work with Cameron Diaz's ex, I think. Ed Burns. Yeah. The great jerk Ed Burns. Always <laughs> I, playing a jerk. He came to like pick up his stuff. I think that was the, the reason they met. 
Um, so, I, I mean, I've been on the record before as saying the Jude Law, Cameron Diaz stuff works really well. Um, I think they're both great. Um, I have not been the most ardent supporter of Cameron Diaz like like you have uh, in the past, but I love her in this. I think she's great. I think well, she's because I'm right usually. You well, know, I, finally, I you've been proved you right. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. I just think she has uh, just the right amount of neuroses that kind of match or at least complement Jude Law's neuroses in this movie. I think it it works perfectly. Like you've got you know the obvious stuff where Cameron Diaz doesn't uh, uh, doesn't ever cry. Uh, and Jude Law can't stop crying. Like he just cries at the drop well, of the hat. So look, she's playing the, uh, you know, she's very neurotic, uh, but she's basically playing the, uh, what would we expect uh, to be the male lead in a rom-com? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, you know, her previous partner stated that she displays no emotion, uh, no real concern uh, or attachment to their relationship. No show of commitment. Um, yep. mm-hmm. She's a workaholic, never takes a vacation, uh, and also she's, you know, playing the, the, the rightful male role of, uh, being terrible at sex, apparently. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it, it is a little unique and yeah, he is the, uh, he's the big baby who is the uh, single parent that yep. comes with baggage, the caretaker. So yep. yeah, I, I love the, the situation of, of these two. Uh, they're definitely playing into a certain, uh, sort of bubbly but also at times cold uh cameron diaz type like there's mm-hmm. she usually goes more extreme like you watch something like uh very bad things any given sunday those late 90s she went to like that sort of ice queen territory like maybe, so cold maybe and that's why i like this so much more because it is kind of a more measured character like you understand why she's cold and can be distant but not to the point of caricature like it does mm. still at some level feel like a human being where these ice queen characters maybe go a little too far to the right or the left. And then you have you have like Charlie's Angels and uh, the sweetest thing I think is what's yeah. called oh, with Selma Blair. Yep. Um, that you know is going for more more goofy sort of pratfall kind Talk of humor. Talk about the quirk factor. I mean, it is yeah. <laughs> very so this high. this is yeah. this has been modulated you know by the great Nancy Myers. Yeah, of it's course. True. She finally unlocked the secret to Dave liking Cameron Diaz. I'm sure that was her goal. What she made the holidays like? I think I can like guy. feel her kind of like rolling her eyes right now, like somewhere. <laughs> Probably, uh, and then you know we have our other couple, which of course I've been on the record of not liking anywhere near as much, uh, which is Kate Winslet, who I love in just about everything, and Jack Black. Um, so I realized something when I watched this for a second time, is that I don't hate the Jack Black character. I hate. Oh one, well, thank you. I hate one scene. <laughs> With the Jack Black. It's the scene in the in the blockbuster, essentially, where he's, you know, Jack Blacking it up all over the place, you know, is, you know, singing the scores to, to random movies to her. And she is, I guess, entertained by this. Like, I don't, I don't get the. That's interesting. OK, so their relationship, he he is strangely he is playing like sort of, I think, hyper masculine or he's playing sort of very dude bro. Uh, mm-hmm. What we usually see in a rom-com in particular where the guy is like, here's all the shit I'm into and I'm going to get you into it, which I think is, you know, a failing of most younger men uh, mm-hmm. in particular because they don't really have too much life experience or something to talk about. I give the film the benefit of the doubt here because um, he's not, at least up to that point, um, really trying to like – woo her anyway like right. he thinks he's in a committed relationship he he speaks about he says kind things about his girlfriend right. at the time in her company 
Um, and so I just kind of things like, I don't know why she's with me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so lucky, you know, that sort of thing. Right. I, I, I give him in the film benefit of the doubt that he's just treating her with like, uh, this is the stuff I'm into. And like, I just kind of want to show you, show you the area and like, show you like my perspective on the world like that. Not that he's like, you need to like this stuff if we're going to be together. Because at that point in the film, that's not, you know, entered his mind. He may you know be attracted to her. I think there's one sequence where he lingers and gives her like two kisses on the cheek and yeah. then comments on the fact that he's lingering. Just made he's it also, weird. Sorry. <laughs> he's also, I think intoxicated at yes. that point. So, yes. yeah. You know, and I, I was thinking again as I was watching this that I think I think Nancy Myers knows that this is the weaker pairing between the two uh, because in the other in the other romantic pairing there's like I mean there's the kids involved eventually but there's like no other adult characters to there's no other barrier <laughs> yeah yeah or not only a barrier but you have the the Arthur character in this one who she spends probably more time with uh, than the Jack Black character Eli Wallach here yeah, yeah it's the uh... The kindly, old Hollywood screenwriter, yeah, kind of a kind of a convergent curmudgeon a little bit yeah. as far as like, oh, my time has passed. Who would care about me? Of course, as he says, where he's got an Oscar just like sitting amongst <laughs> his like papers and trash, the trash, and, like, yes, you know, <laughs> magazine subscriptions or you know, they've lapsed that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there is an element. I, I think uh, they were really trying to get uh, Jack Black's character uh, on the same page is her like because they want to have a conversation where they've both like kind of gone through a similar thing where it's like this person has uh emotionally kind of put them through the ringer ups and downs of wanting like pushing away and then bringing back um it is a little unfortunate because it removes a little bit of the boldness of casting jack black who's not your typical romantic lead and i read that he was actually kind of concerned he's like i don't know if i'm the guy for this which is you know that's, i like the self-awareness though you know not I, a lot I mean, of people in hollywood have that be like well i don't know if i'm good looking enough for this are you sure i did ask my uh, wife because i noticed like jack black his hair's a little different here like he like jack black pretty much from like high fidelity on has basically had that sort of same sort of shaggy haircut uh, like he just came out of a college dorm room or something. Yep. Uh, and it's like, I feel like they do, they didn't really change the length, but they did just enough. And I'm like, okay, so they purposely are like trying to like this guy you could make out with. You see this guy. <laughs> with, with, and I asked my wife and she just looked at me and shook her head. Like, no, that's not <laughs> still not working. Not good enough. <laughs> I mean, so here's the ultimate backhanded compliment uh, to Jack Black and this whole relationship. One of the things I, Realized as I was watching this and I thought, well, you know, her boss isn't hot either. So maybe she has a type. Maybe this like shaggy haired, like not stereotypically attractive guy. That's that's really what she, it's not like she went from someone, you know, in the opposite circumstance who looks like, you know, Jude Law to Jack Black. That would be a strange. Wait, are you talking about Jasper here? You're... Yeah. Yeah. Not a good looking guy. Oh, Mr. Dark City is no, uh, you're no. saying not a, not a looker. Nope. Nope. I mean, he looks like a movie villain. Like he would always be cast as some sort of like European yes. terrorist or something. But yes, exactly. Uh, a little intense. A little, yeah. I would say that. I don't know if he's my type, but I, I think, you know, if you play the hot or not game, which some of our listeners really love, uh, he probably would win out over Jack Black, typically. Well, but... yeah, but yeah, he's not going to win out over most uh, Hollywood leading men. Let's put it that way. All right, Dave, you're staying on brand with your meanness with the That's secondary right. character. That's right. Um, uh, so you, so half the movie 
doesn't work for you or just the romance element of it? I think just the romance element of it. Like I, I find myself, of course, like a lot of it just comes of just loving Kate Winslet and wanting the best for her character, no matter what (laughs) I do. I just like immediately have this connection to, and I have this basically with everything she's in. Like even when she's playing less likable characters than this, I'm always kind of rooting for her. Um, the reader wasn't she? Was she a Nazi in that? You're rooting for her then too. <laughs> Look, I've seen the reader, so that's my out on that. Um, you haven't seen it? I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Honest to God, I have not. Seen I mean, it. I don't think a lot of Oscar voters did either. Yeah. but yeah. somehow it got a nomination. Somehow got that. Um, but I think the thing they do well is that Jasper is such an asshole that like almost anybody is a step up after that. Like this guy who, you know, just kind of uses her and then like shows up at this house like randomly it's good that he did so she can get her closure but the his the actual action of just like oh i'm just gonna instead of shipping this to you i'm just gonna show up at your door you know Not unannounced. Your door. this other person's yeah. house that I you've mean, uh switched with right uh that you're a guest yeah okay so jasper not in defense of his actions i like i like that that happens in the film because like right. he is doing like a long conversion of what Winslet and Diaz are doing, which is it's like the, this whole home exchange is just like a brief peek at like what your life could be, which I think a lot of people don't necessarily treat their vacations that way. They treat it like, oh, God, can I just get away from work and whatever else and just go lay on a beach somewhere and then come back? But in particular with a home exchange, like it's particularly like intimate, like all like Cameron Diaz is taking care of Kate Winslet's dog, which I I think this is the first time I ever like. You know, yeah, so I was like, that? oh my god, you just left your dog with this stranger? <laughs> yeah. Your house I'm fine with, but leaving your pet, right. I'm like, how dare you? What if the dog yeah. just doesn't like that person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that could be real awkward for the next couple weeks. I, I suppose if, you know, they, they don't really get into the weeds with that, the details of that, I, but I'm guessing that um, Jude Law would have been the caretaker for the dog, but since they just hit it off... Uh, and he's basically sleeping over there and they're going out all the time. It just never really comes up as a concern. Um, uh, but I, I mean, going back to Jasper, like he, he's trying to keep these spinning plates where it's like, he's a guy that like just wants to keep her on a string just so he could be the guy that would be with like the smart motivated girl. Cause he seems to be like someone who succeeded in the same industry, but I don't think he has like the internal confidence on how he got there. Like he projects confidence, but you can tell there's not too much in the way of like <laughs> common sense thinking in his head, given the fact that he shows up at a stranger's house in another country just to have a Christmas hookup with her while he's engaged, by the way, <laughs> like and just got engaged. Yeah, that is a long way to go for that. That is uh, that seems keep that plate in the air. Yeah, like, yeah it's pretty unhealthy. What well, reeks of desperation, right? It's not just someone who's like. Uh, you know, has like a sex addiction or just like is cheating. Like he, there's something that he needs as far as a, an extra bit of intimacy from another person that you have these like text exchange and you have like, like the, the melodrama around it. Uh, yeah. A dangerous, dangerous person in many ways to be connected to. Right. I was wondering if you felt that the, the two couples are, are equal in their, you know, on screen chemistry, which, or which do you think works better? I actually disagree with you. I think that Jude Law and Cameron Diaz they actually have to like work harder to have chemistry because you know there is you mentioned the kids that's like the big secret. Uh, Jude Law at least 
uh, you know, he he doesn't put it out there necessarily, but he kind of alludes to the fact that he's like maybe been accused of misleading women as far as uh, if it is just like a physical encounter, you know, if there's anything going on and Cameron is not wanting to get into it since she, she keeps threatening, she's going to be like leaving the very next day. Like I'm only going to be here for 24 hours. I got to get out of here. Like I'm driving myself crazy in this cottage. Uh, or so he, driving you know, herself into killing someone on the road, you know, <laughs> whichever, just, just like, slow down. <laughs> like, you know, just, you know, you don't, you, you can be the person that people are honking at. Like if you don't know your way around, don't, <laughs> Don't, don't crank don't it up jam on the gas yeah, yeah that's yeah um but the, there's a lot of i i could see some people taking issue with the movie because the dialogue between law and diaz in particular before you know when they first meet and hook up and then the next morning it's very guarded and stilted and it, it actually makes sense as far as for story reasons why like he's protecting his sort of family life and she's protecting herself uh but oh. they Unlike a lot of romantic comedies, they just say what they're thinking and like, what well, here's what I want. Like they kind of just put it on the table. Like this is what I want out of this. Uh, can you meet these expectations? Um, right. We're not crossing that territory, but they don't play around or flirt like normal people. And so I think actually that Jack Black and Kate Winslet play more like a romantic comedy. It's just odd that it's announced. Oh no, no. Like I've got a great girlfriend, you know, Oh, you're here alone. Let me show you around. It's just weird. But, like if you remove that one scene, like if someone just jumped into it during the Christmas season, they may think like, oh, this is like, you know, I've jumped into like Jack Black is trying to get with Kate Winslet because there seems like more flirting, even yeah, though it's not. It, it does. It's interesting. It does feel much more standard uh, mm-hmm. of the kind of romantic comedy tropes, whereas I think maybe that's why I like uh, Jude Law and Cameron Diaz interaction so much because they, you know, you know. The first time they're together, they're basically hooking up. And then after that, it's like, oh, let's have our first date. I like the fact that it's all kind of backwards. And then you don't have to you don't have to play. At least you don't have to play the same games. Right. There's different games being played here. So I think as a viewer that as a viewer who's seen a lot of romantic comedies, it does kind of keep me on my toes. And like, hey, I'm actually not sure where this is going to go, because there are a couple points in this movie where that relationship could have ended and it would have felt. Right. It would have felt okay. Like you can understand why the characters ended that relationship. Um, and that is very different from most rom-coms. Most rom-coms, that breakup does tend to feel a little bit forced. Like, oh, well, we have to push these people apart so when they come back together, it actually matters. But here you're like, okay, she's visiting from another country. She's going back home. They're both very busy and very successful. He has two kids. Like, you can see why, like, oh, this long-distance thing probably isn't going to work or maybe it should be a more casual thing um so you understand why they would split up and honestly the same thing with the kate winslet jack black you could understand why they wouldn't be together at the beginning she's in a really unhealthy place with relationships in general with men in general and jack black has a girlfriend so i like the fact that the obstacles here actually make sense they're not just obstacles in a rom-com where you're like well that doesn't matter like, if you guys care about each other, just push that out of the way and make some changes. These are real, like, life-altering changes that we're talking about, kind of on on the part of all four of these characters. I think it's probably just coming from a place of maturity uh, from Nancy Myers, where uh, – and that's that's delicate, too, like, where you project a, a rom-com where uh, – you know, not having a grand romantic gesture, you could still leave the theater satisfied, if if nothing. I mean, there's the 
specifically with New Year's Eve, there's this the the one little bit where it's just like, oh, we got everyone together again, and finally Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet, you know, are going to be sharing a <laughs> stage. So you realize that like none of these people have actually met. Like yeah. it's and yeah. the movie does a good job of like making you forget that. Like you always remember that they're all connected somehow, but then that last scene happens, you're like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. these guys haven't met, these women haven't met except like over a quick like five minute text conversation like over the computer <laughs> it really it. does help having jude law as the brother though because it's like there's there's a uh, tie there yeah yeah like the, you know cameron diaz has really jumped into a situation where she she has a lot more knowledge uh and jack black's just you know happy to be there and uh maybe with someone more i don't know if it's more age appropriate but i just know shannon sossman and jack black just do not look like yeah a they pairing don't look like a ever, couple yeah <laughs> yeah ever <laughs> um yeah, I don't. I I think that it's um, it's it's kind of bold in in that way that yeah, you could see an alternate ending like because a lot of these movies, uh, when we get to the end, we're like, well, that's the only way it could end. Like that's the only right. thing, you know, this is the way it had to happen. And and rom coms in particular as a genre have pretty practice beats mm-hmm. that you have to hit. And so for this one, yeah, if Jack Black had just come back and said, you know what? I ended it with uh Sossman and we're good. And they're enjoying Eli Wallach. They've helped him get the recognition he deserves late in life. I don't know if I necessarily need that last little bit. I think you want it. Yeah. I think you definitely want Winslet and Cameron Diaz to like be in at least one scene together. Yes. Um, but it's, it is, it does feel kind of afterthoughtish, not necessarily a bad way, right? but it's like, it's just tacked on enough to where it's like, you can just like leave the theater happy or just like, be like Oh, that was, that was fun. I'm glad everything worked out for them. Right. So here's the point in the show where I say something very nice about Nancy Myers that you can that you can hold on to is that I don't think there's a lot of directors that could take a romantic comedy and kind of, you know, flip things around, like both in terms of gender and with like, you know, the obstacles that we just talked about and hit those practice beats very well. Because that scene with Cameron Diaz running through the snow, getting back to Jude Law, that really, really works. And I like the fact that they throw a little bit of comedy in there. She has to stop and take a break. She's like, you know, probably, you know, not a big runner. She's running in awkward shoes and she takes the a break. The footwear is not, yeah. not ideal. Not that, ideal yeah. for the snow. No, she's not wearing boots, you know. And, you know, when they come back and she's had her first cry. And, of course, he's blubbering as he always does over any little thing. And that absolutely works. Like the two of them getting back together works. As does the scene with Jack Black and Kate Winslet, where he decides to take a real risk and say, like, well, I've never been to England. Let's do this. Can I go out with you if I... I mean, that that seems like a hard thing to say no to. If I'm willing to travel to another country, can I have a date? Like, that's that seems like, okay, like, you, you've earned at least a date for that. Well, well done. Jasper, though, did not get that same uh, yeah. same thought, but he had, he had burned a few bridges. Yeah, and he's engaged to be married. So, <laughs> you know, so I, I just don't think there's a lot of directors who can do both who can flip a genre on its head, but also do the genre really well. I don't think a lot of directors would, would see this as something like, uh, cause you, you talked about, and I think this was probably off mic. Like when we were trying to figure out like, when did all these come out again? Cause you could flip this or it's complicated or, uh, something's got to give. Um, I, I don't think a lot of directors would see this as something that this type of material is something that they need to think about that much or they'd overthink it. 
in, in a way. Make uh, it you know, too complicated. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I don't need, uh, I like this other film, but I don't need the holiday to be Revolutionary Road. You know, I don't, <laughs> that's not the Winslet that I need to see here. And no. so like when we're talking about romantic problems or, you know, passion waning uh, to put it in this sort of, Still entertaining uh, fashion. Like the the scene that you mentioned with Cameron Diaz running, like you could play that up. And I think like if it was a male director, I think they would play it up like an action sequence where it's a race against the clock. Maybe it's in the right. rain. And like, I don't think he stumbles. He probably like, it's probably some idiot bystander that he has to like tackle. That he has to like right. <laughs> push over and give like a meek or, apology. Or they'd make her into a fool and she would fall three or four times. She'd be covered in snow by the time she gets to the door. You know, I mean, it just, there's a lot of ways to screw this up, but I think Nancy Myers plays it just right. Yeah. And she doesn't treat her filmography as like, Oh, this is my, you know, this is my rom-com picture right. or like, you know what I mean? She, I think she just, the, the one through line we're going to see is probably just like the stages of like, you know, uh, various points of a woman's life. And that's definitely more prominent and something's got to give. Cause it's about that, like sort of like last gasp of like, you know, either achieving something creatively or like personally, um, this one though, I mean, beyond the Christmas thing, uh, the other element that I think that makes it perhaps the most popular, the one that's still like talked about more than other ones, uh, maybe it's just the dividing the focus. It may mm-hmm. be that like, you know, Nancy Myers characters, especially the, the women that she writes, they're very intense figures. Uh-huh. Um, uh, maybe the least intense one would probably be in the parent trap. But even then, I'd say it's the little girls who are the intense ones. Yes. Like they're the ones <laughs> going to make stuff happen. So I, I think having uh, a release valve a little bit from Cameron Diaz character, like if you had just two hours with her in that cabin like this, you know, this turns into a weird rom-com shining where yes. she's. <laughs> I might not be as big of a fan of that relationship if yeah. if that's the sole focus. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're right. All right. Um, so uh, did you want to share uh, <laughs> your Snapchat conversation uh, with us? You said she brought uh, more of the same to the to the table when you're talking with our friend Natasha. I, uh, I, I think I just took a shot of, uh, it was a one moment film where Kate Winslet is literally like maybe not pulling her hair out, but she has her hands in her hair and she has just had it. <laughs> like it just, I believe it's after Jasper maybe calls her when she's at her getaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, basically Natasha was just comforting me. Like, you know, she's don't worry. She's going to get that, that gumption she needs, <laughs> uh, which, you know, the, the one thing we haven't mentioned, which I, I know we did on the, the, the grand gesture when we covered this. Uh, and one thing that I think really has stuck with people is you have the, the Eli Wallach line to the Kate Winslet character virus, uh, saying that she has defined herself in her life as the best friend. And she's the one that's like, Oh, you're supposed to be the leading lady in your own life. Like she agrees. She's like, why am I the best friend in the story of me? Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people, men, women, or pretty much any age, uh, it's a nice little reminder uh, as far as like not only how you're presenting yourself to other people, but like what you're willing to accept. And so she just she does. She becomes like a leading lady in her life. That being said, Cameron Diaz is like <laughs> pretty much always the leading lady yes. of her life. <laughs> she did not have to be taught that lesson. So these are not these are not like these same characters. They're going through some similar situations, but they're very different uh presentations of, of women of a of a particular age yeah definitely all right so um we're done with the holidays so what would you expect from nancy myers going forward i think you know one of the 
One of the complaints that can be leveled at Nancy Myers is that, you know, she has found her niche and she doesn't stray too far from that. So as a fan, would you want her to branch out and do something different? Or is it just so enjoyable that you'd rather her like kind of go over similar territory? I actually think with her, she seems more like an actor's director. So I think it's more of like, uh, if I was wanting changes to be made, um, I, I, you know, they're often they're like you go to like Paul Thomas Anderson or even Martin Scorsese, which we just, you know, thankfully moved on from him to better material. Uh, <laughs> seeing Jesus. them work with the same actors can be interesting. Uh, but with her, I think that I, I want to see like a changeover almost every time and working with different performers. So, no, it's not that I'd be looking for something uh, different in tone or different in the problems that the characters are going through. But I, I think that it's just interesting to put in uh, d- a different group of people and, and see how they they tackle she's more like a playwright i actually think in that way Mm. i just like see actors just like kind of do a nancy myers production and just to see how they're they they work in that capacity right it also makes me wonder if she just has a list of actors she's just dying to work with because she really is she's had kind of a murderer's row of yeah stars and Mm -hmm. that will not change our next movie is it's complicated starring meryl streep and alec baldwin you know two more uh two more heavy hitters as far as names go uh, in hollywood uh, so, and wait for one of those characters. Oh, that's, see, you just—I I thought it was my plot, job to be me. It's a All plot right. point in that movie, like, and I actually enjoy it. You know, that's Alec Baldwin, <laughs> kind of like many times in this film, uh, talks about his weight and apologizes for it, and also something you don't see male leads do a whole lot on screen yeah. when they're romantic lead. All right. Uh, so, uh, in the meantime, before we get into that, we're going to end this episode. But if you'd like to hear more from us, follow us on Twitter at directed by pod or you can donate to our patreon and hear those uh those interviews the the clips from the interviews from today you heard from manish mathur from it who is a huge nancy myers fan and a kind of a rom-com uh expert his show is all about romantic comedy um and you can support uh support us on patreon.com slash a podcast directed by so go check out it's complicated and join us on our next episode